ladies, and welcome to episode 91 of the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here today. My name is Julia Husher, and I'm the host of this show. So welcome. Welcome, everyone. If this is your first episode or your 91st, <laughs> welcome to the show. Okay, let's get straight into this week's episode. She's been on before and she's back today. We are talking all about orgasms. So strap yourself in, grab yourself a coffee or a wine and let's get into it. Hi ladies, today I'm here with Asai McKimmy. Asai is one of Australia's leading relationship and sex experts. She is a passionate couples therapist, sex therapist, sexologist and tantra expert. Asai has been featured in or written for publications including Harper's Bazaar, The Huffington Post, Mamma Mia, Cosmo, Cleo, The Sydney Morning Herald and more and has been on The Today Show and SBS and she is the go-to expert on sex in Australia. Welcome back to the show, Asaya. Thank you so much, Julia. It's great to be back. Okay, last time you were on the show, we were talking about sex and body image. And yeah. I'm very excited today to talk about today's topic, which is orgasms. Orgasms, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first, for those that didn't in, listen in last time, would you mind giving me a brief intro on you and your background and what you do in your business? Absolutely. So I'll give you the, the brief rundown uh, last time. If anyone wants like the more detailed story, it's um, on, our, on our, the last, last episode, episode. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my, my journey um, with, you know, sex intimacy and relationships really started about 10 years ago when I just kind of stumbled onto a Tantra workshop. And so Tantra is like the, I call it like the sexy kind of yoga, but really it's more than that. So it's a um, a form of yoga and meditation and it's a spiritual philosophy that actually is incredibly practical, not just spiritual, and can have really amazing benefits for our sex lives. Amazing. I meant to ask you last time and I forgot, but with the, is it Tantra or Tantra? Tantra. Tantra, Tantra, tomato, like, tomato. Okay. So <laughs> with the um, the workshops that you were talking about, is this something that you just Google and they have them, you know, I mean, I'm in Sydney, but they sound really cool. I want to give it a go. Do you just, <laughs> like, where do I go? <laughs> you know, I was at a music festival, like of all places, like I was, I was at a music festival and there was this workshop that was called Tantra and I was like, well, that sounds interesting. So, so I think I'll, <laughs> I'll go to that. <laughs> there, there are workshops around, um, you know, I actually haven't been to a, a workshop. I did, I ended up doing a lot of my training um, in the US uh, around Tantra um, but I do have like an online course a bit of an intro course around um, Tantra at the moment which can be a, a less confronting way for, for people to to start you're you're not necessarily uh, interacting with with other people um, if you start online right so in the yoga class are you actually interacting with other people yeah. Yeah, you can be. I, I actually, I teach when I, when I run, um, when I run workshops, which is, is not that frequently um, in person now, I, I run um, some classes where it's just for women, like a yoga class where they're not interacting, but a lot of, um, 
you know, a lot of Tantra workshops that you go to will have you interacting and doing like eye gazing or some kind of touch with with other people as well. Uh, okay, but you're not having sex on the floor or anything like that. You're not having sex on the floor. You know, that, no, that's not going to be the introductory workshop. <laughs> okay, that's good. I'm not sure I'm quite ready for that. <laughs> Okay, sorry, carry on because I interrupted you. So you got into Tantra. I got into Tantra. I loved it. Um, you know, and I was, I think it's really important for me to say that I practiced actually alone. So I didn't, um, you know, I, I didn't have a partner to practice this with for years when I was first learning, but I loved it. I wanted to share it. So I became a teacher. Uh, and then one thing led to another after that. My my eyes were kind of open to, to the possibilities for working with people around sex intimacy and, and relationships. And, and I basically went on to study for, for years and years um, around both sex and relationships. Amazing. All right. Thank you for that. Now let's get right into talking about orgasms. And my first question is, is it actually possible for everyone to have an orgasm? Yeah, really good question. Because I think particularly for women who have never had an orgasm, they're like wondering, is it even possible for me? What we know through research is that most women can learn to orgasm. So there's a really tiny percentage of women that we think can't orgasm. That's usually due to like a physical condition or medication that they're on. But there's a a huge percentage of women that um, can't orgasm at the moment or struggle to orgasm at the moment, but can actually learn to once they have the right support. Okay. So you know how sometimes you hear like, people say oh I don't know if I've had an orgasm I think Mm. personally I think probably means you haven't because you would know right actually no not necessarily really so I yeah I I I know I I hear this a lot for women who who say you know I my friends say you know I would definitely know but I'm not sure all orgasms are, are really different so I think we can have you know uh, a bit of an idea sometimes that all orgasms are going to be, you know, almost like earth earth moving. Some can actually be really small and, and really subtle and particularly for women who who haven't had one before um, or, or struggle to have them, it's almost like they can be really hard to tell whether or not you've, you've had one. Right, okay. What is actually happening to our body like what actually is an orgasm what's happening yeah (laughs) so and and you know what this is a really hard one to define because it's like how do you necessarily define and describe an orgasm there's a lot going on in our body um, at the point of orgasm but really what we tend to describe it as is is like a sexual a sexual a peak feeling of sexual pleasure that is uh, accompanied by um, rhythmic involuntary contractions of the pelvic floor muscles and includes a feeling of well-being. Mm, okay. Is it true that if you have been doing your pelvic floor exercises, it's going to be better for your orgasm? Yes, it is. Oh, it is. There you go, so ladies. Our pelvic yeah, our pelvic floor muscles actually play a, a really important role 
Um, so even, you know, this is like from modern science all the way through to, to Tantra, we really encourage um, strengthening those pelvic floor muscles. Obviously, you know, for, for a range of reasons, but sexual function is one of those reasons. We're going to be able to orgasm uh, more easily, more frequently, and also with more intensity with strong pelvic floor muscles. Okay, so that's even more reason to practice our pelvic floor exercises. <laughs> even more reason, yeah. <laughs> Okay. A good reason, actually. Yeah. You know, like an enticing reason. How soon should we be seeing results? <laughs> <laughs> look, good question. Um, look, it is a good question. I guess it's like, you know, going to the gym or working out any kind of muscle. It is going to be different for everyone. And it kind of, um, you know, depends on, um, you know, how frequently you're working out with those as well. Okay. So I was wondering, is it normal for people to struggle to reach an orgasm? Because mm. I talk about this kind of stuff with my friends all the time, right? And some of us, you know, it's no problem, really easy. Other people, it's like, no, they have to like, the conditions need to be perfect. And, yeah. you know, it seems like more people I've spoken to struggle than find it easy. Yeah, I think it's actually less easy than than we imagine. Like if we like believe like porn and, and Hollywood, like it's really easy yeah. for women to, to <laughs> orgasm and they don't need warming up. They don't need yeah. like <laughs> anything <laughs> beforehand. It's always amazing. And again, that just isn't the case for most mm. of us. So the, the best kind of, um, I guess the best data, the best numbers that we have on this are that about 30% of women struggle to reach orgasm on a regular basis and 10% of sexually active women have never had an orgasm at Whoa. all. So, yeah, that's like one, basically like one in three of us struggle and one in 10 of us have never have had an orgasm. Wow. That's really sad. But is that, that's not necessarily it's, due to them not being able to ever. It just might be that they haven't hit the spot. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, you know, we're, we're really like not taught what it is that helps our bodies orgasm or pleasure. Like I know for me, my, um, you know, I had sex education at school, but it was kind of limited. Um, you know, it was like how to put a condom on a banana. And I was told that foreplay existed, but I was never really told like what it was or why it's important or yeah. how much of it we should have in order to increase women's, women's pleasure. So there's, I think a lot of the time we're actually missing some of the information that helps us enjoy sex more and, and helps us have orgasms. Um, and there are a lot of things that can get in the way of, of women reaching orgasm. So, um, you know, our hormones um, being tired and being stressed impacts our sexual function, um, medications, alcohol, um, can, um, you know, kind of play havoc with, with hormones, not really knowing what it is that we enjoy sexually or not being able to communicate that to a partner. Um, they, they're all going to, to get in the way of, of us being able to have an orgasm. Yeah. When you say hormones is, do you mean like, um, what time of month, like what time in the month it is? Yeah, it, it, um, 
that will often impact women's um, desire levels. So it'll fluctuate at different times of the month. It'll impact their enjoyment and their lubrication. Uh, also, like after having children, our, our hormone levels will, um, you know, will will change uh, again, potentially making lubrication difficult. Also, impacting um, our our enjoyment of sex and our ability to have orgasms. Okay, what about things like how comfortable or relaxed you are? And last time we were talking about body image, like does that have mm-hmm. an impact on it at all? Yeah, it can. I, I kind of put that into the the being um, being stressed. So that right. kind of anxiety or performance anxiety, not feeling relaxed or or feeling like this is a common one that I hear from women who struggle to reach orgasm is like, oh my God, okay, I've got to have an orgasm. Like, what are they going to think? Like, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to have an orgasm. What do I need to do? And that kind of thinking process then of course, like makes it even more, even more difficult. Thinking about it. Yeah. Thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. So we just need to switch our minds off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes or as I would say like come back to the body come back to the body the mind you know forget switching the mind off just come back to the body and the, and the mind will quiet on its own yeah is it one of those things like you know how they say the more you the more you try it the better you get like or like the more you the harder you try at it the better you get but then with some things that doesn't work like sleep the more you the more yeah. you're trying you know you're lying there and you can't sleep is that like an orgasm the more you're trying it's just you know, less likely. <laughs> yeah, it, it really can be. It really can be. It should be like, you know, it should be enjoyable. And so if you're feeling stress around it, it's definitely going to get harder. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when I mentioned that I was talking to you in my um, Single Mother Survival Guide Support Forum Facebook group, mm. um, I was sa- I mentioned that we were going to be talking about orgasms and then some people sent in some questions to ask you. Mm. So the first question was from a lady and she said, is it common for mothers over 40 to lose their sex drive completely? It's been months since I felt even the slightest tingle downstairs. Mm. Look, it is somewhat common. Um, however, that that doesn't mean that there aren't things that, that you can do around it. So women's sexual desire we know actually isn't as connected to age as we once thought so you know there's like this bit of a myth that women lose their desire as they age and uh, you know and then it's just it's just gone what we actually have come to understand uh, about women's sexual desire is firstly that uh, if women get into a new relationship at any age they'll often experience like a, a peak and a surge in sexual desire and sexual response and that has to do with that honeymoon period and the surge of hormones and endorphins that we get uh, in a new relationship that impact our desire. What we also know about women's sexual desire is that we used to think that it was spontaneous, like it would just, you know, spontaneously arise and then that would be our cue to be intimate with someone what we realize is it's actually responsive, that our sexual desire responds to stimuli. So, you know, one of those stimulus is, is sex and the more we're having sex, the more our desire tends to respond. You know, if we're giving our sexuality attention, 
uh, then our sexual desire tends to respond as well. Yeah, and when you said responsive, I was thinking about like, (laughs) you know, when you're in a relationship, guys, and you might have had an argument or you're really annoyed at your partner because you feel like you're doing everything and they're just (laughs) lounging on the couch and you're like, are you kidding me? I've got to, you know, still got to do the washing, the dishes are in the sink, and then you go to bed and they're like, let's have sex. And you're like, are you kidding? Like you get, well, maybe that's just me. (laughs) But if someone is very helpful, you're like, yes. Like, you know, it's like you want to have sex with them because you kind of are more into them. (laughs) Absolutely. So we have like sexual breaks and sexual accelerators and, you know, dirty clothes on the floor might be a sexual break. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Having someone help around the house is a sexual accelerator. Yeah, Um, totally. (laughs) So, and I know we, you know, we spoke about body image last time. Negative mm. body image is a sexual break. Feeling good about ourselves is a sexual accelerator. Yeah, so right. it's really about um, looking at, at what are the sexual breaks for us and, and kind of finding ways around them and then turning on those sexual accelerators as well so that our sexual desire and our sexual response can, can occur. And can it be quite individual? Because I've like I've talked to a couple of my friends about this and a lot of them kind of sort of stand where I stand, but other ones are like, oh no, I can easily just switch that off. Like they can compartmentalize yeah. it sort of and go, I'll still have sex. I'm still annoyed, but like, you know, I want to have sex yeah. and then it's done and then I'm back to being annoyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I, I would say like our our sexuality and the way that expresses is as unique as every individual. Yeah. So it, it will be really different for for everyone. Okay. I just wanted to ask you another question that you mentioned about this sort of um, sexual desire and how it that the myth um, that women are sort of less into sex as they age. What mm. What's that thing about women being in their sexual peak in their late 30s or something and men mm. early 20s? Is that right? I I... Like, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. You know, I work sometimes with women in their 50s and 60s who are having the best sex of their lives. Mm. Um, I think one of the reasons that that we tend to say women's sexual peak is is later, it, it's often around confidence that that women often become more confident as they age. They learn to start asking for yeah. what they want as well and therefore they're enjoying sex more. I, I don't like to put an age on on sexual peaks um, because, you know, we, we know that couples can have a really, um, or people can have really, you know, satisfying, fun, enjoyable sex lives, you know, actually, you know, into their 80s and 90s and although our sexual function will change a little, you know, as we age and perhaps the ways we like to express that sexuality you know, we're different, the kind of sex we like to have in our 20s, we we might like not like to be having in our 40s uh, mm. anymore. That will change, but actually we can still find ways for it to be really enjoyable. Okay, cool. Hmm. All right, the next question was from a woman and she said, how do you get your orgasm back after having a child? I'm just putting it out mm-hmm. there. It's just not the same and it's frigging difficult. Yeah. Before kids, it was no dramas, even on my own. Yeah. So um, childbirth, unfortunately, and and then children are are both things that can really negatively impact our sexuality. So um, I would 
you know, be having a look at, at some of the physical things to see if there's um, scar tissue or any nerve damage there that's leading to a loss of sensitivity. Also, we were talking earlier about strengthening those pelvic floor muscles. Again, that can be um, that can be something that that perhaps can be worked on is strengthening those muscles um, to kind of rejuvenate the the vaginal tissues and also um, help with the orgasmic response. Um, I would also want to know if, if that woman is, is still breastfeeding, for example, because that impacts um, our hormones, um, which can play a role, how she feels about her body, how she might feel, um, you know, about her, her genitals. So if there's more worry going on um, during intercourse about, you know, what her partner thinks of the way she looks or what he he or she thinks of um, of her genitals, that, that can also be going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, there can be uh, some of those, those physical um, impacts as well. Yeah, even I didn't even consider that. Even I guess if she's consider if she can't struggling on her own as well. But who would she yeah. even see? Like, would you go and see a gynecologist? Yeah, I would. Um, I always, I always recommend like a bit of a, a team approach to this sometimes. So, yes, see a gynecologist to to check things out physically, and it would also be worth talking to a sexologist or sex therapist. One to to see if there are any like emotional or psychological. Uh, um, things that are going on around it, but also to emotionally support her through the process of, of finding out what is going on and, and offering other suggestions for, for ways that she can find to enjoy herself sexually uh, and, and even then start to get that orgasmic response back. Yeah. It's sad really because you think that surely that must affect that person's um, body image as well so it's kind of like a cycle because yeah, yeah. anyway yeah yeah it uh, yeah it can be so you know I, I would really say to to that woman and if she's listening like do reach out and and get support um, because there are people out there that that can help you with this um, there are some great pelvic um like pelvic floor physios around. So physiotherapists that deal with, um, you know, women's, women's pelvic areas. So getting those muscle tone back, um, releasing kind of uh, tension or, or tightness that might be there as well. And again, that, that tandem approach of getting, um, you know, getting a sexologist or a sex therapist to support you with, with the emotional journey and having someone deal with the physical journey as well. Yeah, awesome. Okay, the final question is, um, she just said, what is sex again? <laughs> I have read that a lack of action is not great for lady equipment. And then she went on to yeah. say that she read the term vaginal atrophy Vaginal atrophy in a pamphlet at the doctor's office and she would like to know if it's a case of use it or lose it. What is this vaginal atrophy? I've never heard of it. Okay. Is that normal? Is that a term? Vaginal atrophy. So, um, yeah. I thought it was like, oh, yeah, catastrophe. Is that like that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a catastrophe, um, but it it can definitely have negative impacts. So it's basically where the... um, 
the the skin and the lining of of our vulva and vagina becomes thinner and this can happen to women as they age uh and it's also to do with um and i'm with like our hormonal changes as we age as well and so yes there is a bit of use it or or lose it um you know like i was talking about before that that our sexual desire is responsive and so if it happens has no reason to respond it's not going to yeah um, but it's not use it or lose it forever it's just use it or lose it for now <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly we can we can start to um to to re-engage um that again in you know there's been a lot of um uh, in 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 tantra there's i often hear like a lot of talk about using um like those um those eggs that 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 people Yes, yeah. um, for the yeah, you I, mean the um the pelvic floor eggs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got those. Yeah. Oh, you do great. Yeah. You know what? I've never used them. I've yeah. never used them. Um, there, I think for me, like I've always tantra has always included me um using my pelvic floor muscles a lot with without like an aid like the eggs, but yeah, you can use like the eggs, and there's some other great like more kind of aligned with like um sex toys or. Or just you know pelvic floor aids that you can get now that that help you know bring your attention to those muscles and help you kind of strengthen those muscles and that does get blood flowing blood and oxygen flowing around the genitals which is of course you know really good for vaginal health good for lubrication good for keeping things um you know healthy down there yeah Okay, awesome. All right, well, that's all I had. Is there anything else that is essential that we talk about when, it's, when it comes to orgasms? Um, I think it's really important for me to say that, you know, just because you've had an, never had an orgasm, like it is, it is possible and, and there are a lot of things um, that, you can, that you can learn to, to help you have an orgasm. You know, practice, practicing on your own is a great way to start. Uh, because then we're in a better position to to let someone else know what it is that we want, what feels good for us, um, and we don't often have that extra. Um, you know, we we're talking about that that thinking and that pressure. We don't. We often don't have that when we're on our own. So it's easier for us to relax into the process. So there are lots of things that you can do, and there's some lots of great information um, online. I have a, an ebook around it. So you can really get this information, practice on your own, then take it to a partner. It's that tiny percentage of women who there may be something physical going on um, or their medication, particularly like antidepressants, the SRRIs, are interfering with the sexual response that, that really struggle. But there may also be things that you can do if you are on one of those antidepressants to kind of change the dose and get that orgasmic response back. But it is really possible um, to, to learn to have an orgasm is, is really um, one of the key takeaways. And I think it's important to remember that, um, you know, it's great to have orgasms and you, if, if there is something wrong and you're worried, there's nothing wrong with seeing someone like yourself, Osiris, you know, like um, someone to help you because you don't have to be ashamed and you can, it's just like seeing a, a you know, a doctor if you've got, an, you know, something wrong with your arm or something. 
absolutely or like seeing a personal trainer because you know you want to get better at the gym um you know sex intimacy relationships they're really skills that we learn like anything else and just unfortunately in our society they're they're not skills that we're given a lot of formal education around and we're kind of left to to figure it out on our own but we're really lucky that, that we live in a time that there is a lot of this education out there now and there are a lot of people um, you know, in, in my field and in similar fields who are really helping women discover more about their sexuality, helping them become really sexually empowered. And, and women are realizing that actually it's really okay for me to explore this part of myself, for me to have more pleasure, um, you know, in my life and in my bedroom. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And how would people get that ebook if they want that ebook? Do they just go to your website? So, yeah, go to my website. Um, it'll be available um, on my website. Um, and if you have some some show notes under this episode, I can I yeah. can give you the direct link to sign up for that. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yes, perfect. perfect. Thank you. Um, okay, well, it's time for us to wrap up. But Asaya, thank you so much for your time today. It's been amazing, just like last time. <laughs> thanks again Julia always always happy to come in and talk about this <laughs> thank you and ladies if you want to get in touch with Asaya you can contact her on Facebook at Asaya or on yep. Instagram at asayamckimmy.sexologist and her website is www.asaya-mckimmy.com yes wonderful well thank you so much and I'll speak to you soon Thanks so much, Julia. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, thank you so much again, Asaya, for coming onto the podcast. I absolutely loved chatting with you and talking about orgasms, fascinating stuff. So I really appreciate it. And ladies, I'm going to put the link to that ebook in the show notes. So go and check it out. I'm also going to put all of Asaya's details in the show notes as well. So you can get in touch with her via her website or um, through Facebook or Instagram. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you got a lot out of that. I think, you know, something that I really got out of that was that everyone is so unique and it doesn't mean something's wrong with anyone. If, you know, whatever you think is normal is probably not normal because there's no normal, you know, (laughs) if that makes sense. Everyone is unique. Everyone has their own human bodies. And if there is something that you're really concerned about, like sex is supposed to be a really great part of life. So I would say, don't worry about it. Go and get yourself checked out. Go and speak to someone like Asayo who can help you and, you know, make a really positive difference in your life. So yeah, get in touch with her. You can get in touch with me through my website, which is just www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com. You can email me at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com and you can also connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at singlemothersurvivalguide. I'll put all those links in the show notes as well. Go and check out the website. You can read all my blog posts, see all the latest episodes, well, all the episodes in forever of the podcast. I can't believe it's nearly coming up to 100. It's just insane. And you can also find out how to work with me for some one-on-one mentoring. If that is something that you think would benefit you, then please book in for a 30-minute complimentary clarity call. I'd love to chat with you about how I can help you. So if you love this podcast, I'd love for you to rate it on iTunes. You just go to the podcast and 
click the stars. So I would love it. It would make me really happy. And thank you so much for all the reviews that you ladies and men have left already. So thank you so much for that. I love getting your feedback. Okay. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you next week on another episode. Okay. Bye for now.